there was a shift in my brain at that moment and it started to you know make me realize that i had something to offer there's always that voice in your head when you think that you have something positive to offer to the world that's going you know who do you think you are and what's your place in the world but this was an opportunity that made me realize that hey i could make a difference in someone's life ADHD Rewired, episode 146. This is the show designed for those of us with really good intentions, but a slightly wandering attention. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and speaker. The website is ADHDrewired.com. We know that starting is the hardest part, so let's get started. But first, let me tell you about this. Join us for the first ever ADHD Rewired Talent Show, Friday, December 16th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. Central. Do you have a talent that you want to share? It can be anything from playing an instrument, singing, poetry, dance, origami, comedy, visual arts of any kind. Or do you have an awesome laundry folding trick that you can demonstrate? We're doing it on Zoom, so get your webcam or smartphone ready and show us what you got. Or just come and watch. Go to erictivers.com events to register. Did you miss last week's webinar, Productivity Solutions for the Time Blind? We're doing it one last time, December 19th from 12.30 to 2.30 p.m. The last 30 minutes will be for Q&A. Then our next live Q&As will be answering your questions around the area of goal setting. If today is December 13th, then join us at 12.30 p.m. Central. If you missed it, join us Wednesday, December 21st at 10.30 a.m. Both Q&As will be around the theme of goal setting. Register for these and all our live events at erictivers.com slash events. That's erictivers.com slash events. All right, Nisha. So I'm going to have you listen to uh, something that I just put together. And then I want to just have a conversation sort of about what you hear. And uh, we'll go from there. Okay. My name is Steven Tanti. I have ADHD. I am a writer, director, and public speaker based in Los Angeles, California now. And I was a part of Eric Tiver's ADHD Rewired coaching and accountability group. And a message for those considering joining, I have not been a part of a support group or support network, anything like Eric's ADHD coaching group in my 25 years on the planet. And after being a part of Eric's group, it is a mission of mine to not only facilitate groups like it, but also be a part of a group whenever I can for as long as I can. One of the strongest impressions that I got from the group was my first impression. I was sort of reluctant in the beginning to join the group at all because of this preconceived notion that I was working it out and, and had done a pretty good job of figuring it out myself. So when the first session rolled around, it was, I think it was a Monday, I, I you know, did this kind of arguably arrogant thing where I, I was going to take the session on the road. Like I had taken a train to Brooklyn and had scheduled a meeting right at the end of the session. So I was like, I've got an hour for the session. I'm going to be at this dude's house in Brooklyn when the session ends. And I'm on my phone walking through Brooklyn on, you know, on Zoom. 
and within the first 15 minutes of the first session, just the introductions. We were spending, we spent the first 30 minutes introducing the 11 or 12 of us. And by the fourth person, I was pretty damn near tears, which I did not expect at all. You can't really plan for that sort of thing. And the reason was, it was so, it was extremely clear. There's no confusion as to why I was feeling that way. It dawned on me like a tidal wave, it crashed like a tidal wave that I was in this very special group of people from all walks of life, varying ages, all sharing one very key specific quality, which is ADHD. And we all come at it from different angles and different places, but sharing that with 12 people is such a, it's, it's very intangible and hard to quantify, but extremely important. And it, and it, it, it crashed on me, like, in, you know, it just hit me like a, like a freight train all of a sudden. And I was like, I, I think the thought was, oh my God, I get this, I get it, I get, I get it. This is gonna be, this is gonna be really important. I didn't realize it's gonna be important, but I can, t I can tell now this is gonna be important. That continued throughout the 10 weeks. And the way it manifested in the group was that the group was, is this place where I was able to speak vulnerably and honestly to a group of people who go through pretty much the exact same struggles and obstacles and receive constant feedback about your thought process, planning, mindfulness, productivity, and real helpful tips. Hey, here's what I did to, to figure exactly that out. Oh yeah, I had that same problem. There were two other artists in the group, a photographer and a, an opera singer. And I had brought up an issue or two where the photographer said, yeah, I know exactly what you like for motivation, like getting started to do something. And she said, yeah, I totally get it. Like here's, here's this physical location that I go to now that makes, that helps me get started. It helps because it's not one expert like a therapist or a psychologist or a mentor giving asking the right questions and giving you guidance it's a panel of 11 people who all have the same disorder tossing in their ideas and it happens to be a very creative forward disorder right so it's like 11 people who have a thousand ideas so it's 11 times a thousand ideas and uh, we have this thing called the hot seat which is an hour where two people get half an hour for the hour to sit in the hot seat they take five minutes at the beginning of their half hour to pose a problem an obstacle and for that half hour other group members just spitball ideas have you thought of this have you tried this i tried this once this helped me once i think you're feeling this way because there's something invaluable about the freedom to give like, pure advice like there's no you're, there was no guard there wasn't like there wasn't really a system of rules probably outside of like being mean <laughs> like saying something mean or, or hyperly critical it was truly like have you tried this have you thought of this oh my god that's a great idea oh i've tried this this worked for me money can't buy that kind of <laughs> that kind of help from from such a, a great select group of people Right before I hit record, I uh, said to you that I'm, I'm in a pretty good mood. So I, I just finished editing that, that promo. Um, Nisha, do you, did I capture it? I mean, is that, is that the experience that people have in the group? Yeah. Like what, tell me what it's, what's going through your mind. Like what was going through your mind when you're listening to it? 
I mean, I'm just very humble that, um, you know, when I felt this way about the group, it was one person's experience. But um, watching this past year, being a part of your, um, you know, the being part of the team, two-member team that brings this to people, um, it's, it's especially humbling because you hear this across so many people. You know, Stephen's not the only one who's experienced this. Um, he's probably one of the few who's articulated it in such a beautiful manner. Um, and I, I really, I mean, I'm very thankful for that. You know, when I was, uh, when I was putting that together and, you know, one of the things that um, uh, when I was editing it, I had this thought of like, hmm, you know, so at the very beginning he said, you know, he, uh, as a result of being in the group, you know, he wants to now go ahead and, and do uh, sort of coaching groups like this himself. And at first I was like in that mindset of scarcity, like, well, what does that mean? Should I put that in there? Is it, I think people can join his groups. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, I was, I, you know, I had to observe my own thoughts for a second. I was like, this experience was inspiring enough to, to want somebody to, to help other people sort of have that kind of change. Mm-hmm. And so I guess for me, it was, um, like, of course I want to share that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, it was, um, hearing people's experiences of that. And I, you know, when I'm putting these promos together for the coaching group and you know, right before the, the, the registration for the group, these promos get a little bit longer. So I, uh, I, I do hope for listeners that there is still a, a level of interest in the storytelling that is, uh, sort of put into it. Um, so it doesn't just feel like a, a commercial. Um, mm-hmm. it's what I, they don't know how to, to, uh, to, to do this, but I want listeners who hear those things to know that those kinds of stories aren't the exception to the rule. Like that's, it's pretty kind of typical. I'm not saying everybody has that, um, but most, but most do. And, uh, um, you know, I guess what it is for me that I want people to know that they can have that kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it depends on what someone came into the group seeking um, if someone is all, uh, you know, if they have a really great support system and this just happens to be in addition to that support system, then maybe they don't really feel the impact of it. Or if, you know, they've already engaged with the community, you know, maybe their experience is different. Uh, but, you know, consistently, I mean, I have seen it in the past year and I can vouch for the fact that what Stephen has described is definitely um he's not the only one in feeling this way. I mean, I, I believe I heard some of the things that he was talking about just recently in our last, uh, when we wrapped up our last group, someone mentioned exactly the same thing, what he said, you know, it's not just being coached by Eric, um, but it's, it's like being around, you know, 11 other coaches. That makes a huge difference you know the fact that you know we like to you know there's two sides to this i i want to tell my story and i want to make a difference and i get the opportunity to do both in a group like this which Mm. is what's really powerful so since we sort of jumped right in without any introduction hello adhd i am here um let's uh, let's introduce you um so why don't you just tell people who you are and then we'll uh, go from there 
All right. My name is Nisha Subramanian. I um, started uh, my association with ADHD Rewired in um, last year, in 2015, um, when I did the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group. After the group, uh, I was compelled to, you know, there was a part of me that was nagging me to uh, reach out to Eric and ask if he was looking for help around managing certain aspects of uh, running this coaching group. And turns out he did. And uh, it started off as something that was like big and shiny and exciting. And um, I was in, on a career break and it seemed like something new to do. So I thought, let me pursue it while it's interesting and look for jobs on the side in technology, which is which happens to be my training and background, uh, my education and my uh, well, most of my work experience has been in technology. Uh, but that big and shiny thing has turned out to become quite a passion project. And uh, uh, it's it's very exciting going to work, knowing that you have the opportunity to make a difference in someone's life. So uh, Nisha uh, shared her uh, her story on episode 98. Um, so if you want to hear the, the full, her full sort of story. Um, and I got her to sing on that one. And I don't know if I can get her to do that again. Uh, so if you want to hear her sing, go back to listen to episode 98 because she did and she's awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I got her a new microphone and I asked her, does this mean I'm going to hear you sing? And she immediately said, nope. Uh, <laughs> but maybe that yeah. will change. Because last time, Eric kind of cornered me into singing. This time, it's not happening. <laughs> See what planning can do? Yeah. <laughs> so when we look at um, you know, the past year, um, you went from sort of – and I think what, what happened was in the last session of every group, I put myself and the group in the hot seat. Uh, asking for suggestions and, and uh, feedback. Um, and one of the things that I think I did say was that I'm probably going to be looking for some uh, some help in managing some of the just the administrative pieces of, of, uh, um, of the, the secret Facebook group, um, you know, some uploading the videos. Um, and so that so I think that was what you responded to. And so it began as a very sort of more administrative help. And it just really, I mean, you know, when we think about building a team and it, you know, human resources, I think are one of the most difficult thing to, to build, to get good people. And, you know, I, it's one of these things in the show where I don't even know how to replicate it because it happens so organically, mm -hmm. you know, cause there was a point and you reminded me of this and I actually forgot about this where you, I think it was like two groups ago where like you took off to go to India for, couple weeks like midway through the mm -hmm. group or towards the end of the group um and i was kind of asking like well here's the things that i'm really, really wanting to do like i need to sort of know from you like are you are you in this with me or are you gonna go back to your uh career in it or, or something else and um and so you when you left for india your response was i'm gonna have to think about it right right and these, what you shared with me, uh, why don't you share with listeners that they sort of only came back? So, you know, I had an experience when I was in India. Uh, I was hanging around with my aunt and, you know, she asked me some questions about some something that she was struggling with. And uh, we had a whole conversation where I broke down her problem and we, 
you know, talked through different solutions and I gave her some ideas that I had read about and I had applied to my own life. And the next day she came back to me and she said, thank you. Um, I slept so soundly last night. Um, I don't think I've had such deep sleep in a long time. And it, it really like shift, you know, it, it, there was a, there was a shift in my brain at that moment. And it started to, you know, make me realize that I had, I had something to offer. And for the longest time I had, you know, there was that, there's always that voice in your head when um, you think that you have something positive to offer to the world that's going, you know, who do you think you are and what's your place in the world? But this was an opportunity that made me realize that, hey, I could make a difference in someone's life um, because of my ability to break down problems in logical, sizable manners, manner and, you know, uh, attack it with different solutions. That, that was a skill set here. And um, it was nice to see an acknowledgement from someone I love and respect very much. And that happened to be a turning point for me in how I began to think of um, this as a viable, you know, future for me. Um, and so I came back with, a, with an idea of what, you know, the future could look like. Should I abandon what I had already built up in my technology career and uh, move on to something new? I mean, it's, it's amazing when you shared with me that you, you basically walked away from making crazy money, right? Mm -hmm. and, and uh, I just made you uncomfortable by, by saying that. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> um, and cause you're, I mean, so I'm paying you, you know, a, a fraction of, of, you know, a fraction of a fraction of what you're making uh, in, your, in your IT, uh, when you're doing mm -hmm. IT work. But what you've shared with me is like, you're for the first time feeling like, happy about work. Like you truly like feel joy. And uh, yeah, that's definitely that's amazing. Definitely. Yeah, no, there's, you know, you, um, there's a price to pay when you go too far in any direction when it comes to what you get out of a certain occupation, whether it's power or money or um, life, you know, creative satisfaction. There's always, you know, for me at least, there needs to be a balance between everything in my life. It's not enough for me if, you know, I go too much into one direction where, um, you know, it turns out to be very uh, difficult to manage my life. It just so happens that I'm at that point in my life where I can take that risk of, uh, you know, leaving behind that career. Um, you know, there, there are certain aspects of my job that I really loved and I miss to, till today. I like always what? tell you, um, I miss working in big teams. Like the power of a shared vision is is something magical. When a huge team of people accomplishes um, working towards a project, and you can see how uh, you know the team forms during the stages. The you know I don't know if you know the uh, there is uh, you know there are four stages. I forget what, who came up with this these terms, so I'm unable to give credit. But it's called uh, you know, storming, norming, um, and performing. I'm, um, I'm missing something here. And I'm having this moment of, I'm a, I'm a therapist. I learned this in my training, and now I can't think of it either. I think it's forming, storming, norming, performing. That's what it is. 
It sounds right. I'm gonna I'm gonna come out of my head yeah. and just be in the conversation right now. Yeah. Because I'm, no, I'm like, I should know this. Yeah. Oh no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, um, you know, so the the you know, watching a team go through those four stages consistently, and like for example, by the time I managed like my third or fourth project. I was confident that even through the storming stages where we were all getting on each other's nerves and like really hating the experience, we, I knew that that stage was going to pass and we were going to get to a point where we not only started supporting each other, but we would miss each other once the team was, you know, broken up to work on other projects. So watching that shared vision take shape uh, building big products for um, clients, that's also something I miss. And uh, yeah, there are things I miss about the job. But I, w- I will say this, like, um, I the thing that I love the most about my job used to be um, meeting people, meeting different kinds of people and uh, getting to know their story and uh, supporting them. You know, someone came up to me at, on my last day and said, you know, I really appreciate how you develop people who work for you and you know I always thought of that as something that I enjoyed the most in my job and to think that I get to do that as my main job and not as like one of the things is very exciting that's the piece that I really love I think it was two two groups ago um it was maybe the second or third week in the group um, where there was some uh, people that were posting some things in the, the secret Facebook group. Um, and it was clear that that uh, some people were sort of overthinking and overcomplicating things about like getting started on their task list. And you and I were just talking one evening and like you were just, I don't know if you were saying the flow of like what you were saying. And I was like, hang on, let's record this because I just want you to, I want to capture what you're saying right now because it's really good. Um, and it was like, to me, it was there was a pivotal moment there where I was really just like sitting back and just, I, I felt like the, the, uh, the student had become the teacher and it was awesome. Um, you're <laughs> such a natural, like you're a natural teacher. And you had said that one of the things that you liked about your IT uh, career is how you can look at complex sort of systems and, and solve problems that way. Mm-hmm. I see you do that with, with in the group as well. Um, where you look at it as a, a system and how things sort of fit together. So I'm, I've just been really amazed about by your sort of natural ability because you know, one of the things for, for me, you know, I'm trained as a mental health professional. Uh, my background is in social work. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the field of coaching, technically anybody with zero training can call themselves a coach, mm-hmm. right? And as a as a clinician, I have a hard time with that. And I know that there's other <laughs> mental health professionals who um, are have concern even just about the coaching profession because it's that idea mm-hmm. that people don't necessarily know what they don't know. Um, it looks good. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that some of these certification programs are improving and really are uh, turning out good coaches. Right. All that being said, you haven't had a day of coach training or therapy training or anything. And I feel like you're a seasoned professional watching you because you now in, in this past group, you participated in all the sessions. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? That was really exciting. 
I knew like on day, I think this in just the first week, it was very, very clear to me that that was going to add tremendous uh, value in my enjoyment of this job. You know, it was, I knew it was going to take me to a place where I actually really was excited to go to work. And I always love when that happens. And, you know, one thing that made it possible was having honest conversations with you. And you, you know, you asked me like, what, you know, what can we do to make this more interesting? And, um, you know, what can we do to add more value? And, you know, we were talking about different ideas and this came up and I remember my eyes lit up and, you know, we decided to go for it. And I'm so glad we did because it was, uh, it's, uh, you know, I have seen the before and after in two groups. I've seen, I've literally seen a before and after story for many people in the first two groups that I helped you uh, manage. But here it was part of being the day-to-day story of, uh, you know, through, for for these individuals through the uh 12-week period. We we did this for 12 weeks, right? The last group because of... Yeah, and that was uh, because of the Chad Conference and because of Thanksgiving. Right, so. right. So it was very exciting to see these people, see these individuals like make this transformation over the 12 weeks. Like watching it up close was such a privilege. It's it, it it's really is such a privilege what we do. I mean, um, there are days when I'll message Pratik and go... Um, you know, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this I often, job. I often feel that way too. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. and especially as for, as people with ADHD, like, I just think that it is so important that we love our work. You know, mm-hmm. I, when we, you, you've seen, we've had people in the group who come in and they're like contemplating, you know, job change or full career change. And, yeah. you know, we've had people in the group who have made that leap during mm-hmm. uh during the group and right. it's just like you see this lightness you know it's like first it's, you see this like fear there's like this, i know i should do this and but you know it's the fear and it's, it's understandable right. but then they yeah. make the leap and their only regret is that they didn't make the leap sooner right right and you know fear is is a physiological you know response of the body it exists for a reason there's a reason that um fear exists and it needs to be given its space. And once you give it the space it needs and, um, you know, throw at it enough reason and logic and information and calm yourself down, you can rise above it. There's no need to hate on the fear itself. It's there to protect you in some way. Um, but just, you know, recognize that there is fear. That in itself, I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned from you is that self-awareness is really the first step and it can take you to places if you just start out by being aware of what you're doing and what you're feeling it makes a huge difference mm-hmm. it def- definitely has made a huge difference to my life when when you see people um in the beginning of the group uh, at least for this last session um mm-hmm. what do you think because uh, you've been on both ends of this you've been as a participant and you've been uh, as a co-facilitator what is like what do you think people in the beginning are sort of thinking feeling fearing hoping for uh in the beginning of the group um and i asked that so if someone's listening and thinking well you know should i join this group uh you know i don't know like what is it like in the beginning 
It really depends on the type of person, but um, something that you see often is uh, you see different types. You see you, you see some people who come in surprisingly with a very clean slate, um, with this sort of eagerness to learn. You know, many many people are that way, and it just I'm so full of respect for these people. It uh, it amazes me that uh, people can do that. Um, you know, and I, you know, of course, like there's different ways to do this. It's, it's, it's like a, it, it's like different stories running in parallel, which is what makes this such a fascinating experience. You'll see people who come in with a clean slate and get stuck in between where they go, oh my God, I don't know what's going on. And, you know, they need that extra push. And towards the end, there's that big clarity moment that comes about. There's uh, people who enter the group with an expectation of, you know, what they want um, and, you know, trying to get it to fit to their expectations. Um, there's, you know, different, you know, what's, what's very interesting about this is that you come in with any type of, uh, you know, preconceived notion, whatever it is, but come in and be vulnerable and you'll see what this group can do for you. And you see, it's, it's amazing. I mean, the people who have, uh, you know, you, you tend to like look at people and say, oh, you know, this person has, uh, you know, is uh, struggling in this particular aspect. And, you know, you wonder if they'll be able to make the leap, but they do. And, you know, you'll suddenly see one particular session where they share something, you know, filled with clarity and, um, and you're just so proud of them for having made that leap. It's, it's fascinating. Like it, it, it inspires you. I mean, I, like every, especially every Monday and Fridays, which is when we do our more conversational type of meetings. Um, I'm always very inspired after the meetings because, you know, it, it's such a privilege, like I said, to see different people grappling with their challenges and their stories and their disappointments, bringing it to this group with, you know, some level of trust in you as a coach um, and trust in themselves that they will stay you know, stay through this experience and, uh, you know, taking away whatever they can and making changes to their life with that. It's, it's just a, it's a blessing to be part of this. You know, one of the things that, uh, you know, every session and really I mean, the way I live my life is I'm always trying to improve, you know, it's like everything I do, it's, it's, I'm evaluating the process and, and, uh, and trying to make, uh, improvements, um, as I go. And so one of the things that I've been uh, changing a little bit uh, during uh, the sort of the, the registration period now is when I'm uh, talking to people who are interested in the group, um, I'm really uh, a couple questions that I'm now asking people because um, I'm really I, I think I've sort of created a I want to say a, a profile, but a um, I've identified certain characteristics of, of people who do like really, really well in the group as mm -hmm. well as some of the people who have actually struggled a lot more in the group. And when, mm -hmm. so one of the, the, the purposes of, uh, I don't know for the listener who might be thinking about, about uh, uh, joining this group or scheduling a call, one of the reasons that I do that is one, I wanna make sure that you're gonna be a good fit for the group. And there's all kinds of, of sort of things that I think about what makes a good fit. Um, right. As well as will the, the will you, like will, will that person be able to provide 
um, for the group as well? And will the, the group provide for them? Now, what often mm-hmm. happens is I think the group would be good for somebody, but I'm not sure if they will be good for the group. And that's so hard to do. Like, you know, that is one of the harder things that I have to do. It's one part of it, the, um, the, the, the job here that I, that I do that, like, ugh, it's, it's the worst. And I have to, like, you know, tell someone that, you know, I, I think that maybe we need to start, you need to start with therapy. Um, you know, cause one of the things I now ask about is, um, and I don't go into detail, but I'll ask about a trauma history, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, is there a, a, um, and not that people in the group don't have, have experienced trauma, but if it's an unresolved trauma and usually I know within the first five seconds of asking that question, because people who do have that, that sort of unresolved trauma history, when I'm talking to them during these screening calls, um, I'll get tears and I'll, in, in, you know, it clearly like they're working through some stuff. And, um, uh, and I talked to people who went through some unbelievable things, but they've worked on it and you can tell by the way they respond to it. Right. Um, so, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I ask people about. I also ask people about what is their relationship with failure and feedback? Um, like, how do you describe your, your, um, eagerness or response to receiving, uh, feedback? Um, you know, people that are like, oh my gosh, I love it. Can you give, can you give more to me? Like, those are people mm-hmm. that do great in the group, right? Right. Um, right. people are, who are, you know, answer that question where they say they're okay, but there's a lot of the if or the, the you know, as long as, um, you know, a lot of those qualifiers. Um, right, right. And because, to, right. go ahead. Um, no, I also think that, you know, we're not brutally honest or anything like that in these calls. It's not like we're, you know, constantly making you feel like, oh my God, I've, you know, made a mistake in every phase of my life. It's that supportive environment where, people give you changes based, you know, people give you suggestions or people uh, talk to you, talk to you about their own experience and tell you what worked for them. And that makes it, you know, I'm actually, historically, I'm not a person who takes feedback very well. I'm not. Uh, That's primarily because I have a lot of, uh, you know, shame around taking feedback. And, uh, you know, it tends to hit me very poorly. But, Having done the coaching group, I definitely, I feel like the people who I met there are people who I would uh, gladly go ask for feedback. You know, one of, the pe- one of the people in the group is one of my best friends and I'm constantly asking her for feedback and reaching out to her. And she, you know, the way she responds with empathy and understanding from my perspective makes her someone who has earned the right to hear my story. And I think that's true of many people in this extended community that you've built. Um, I don't know how you've done it, but um, I mean, I know you're sharing the behind the scenes parameters, but it's crazy. It's, there's so many people I've met in the rewired community, you know, at large that are, uh, seem to be like, um, you know, there's a soul connection there and that's so I mean, it's, I don't know how that happens. I've never had friends before who I can just, you know, have conversations about books for hours. You know, how did that book impact you? I would always feel like such a nerd among other people, you know, admitting to like (laughs) talking about some of these things. You know, I used to call myself a productivity hobbyist where, you know, I keep trying new productivity strategies. It was a huge 
like uh, shame area for me because you know why do why does one person need to try so many strategies you know now i know that with adhd it's somewhat of a necessity to use that you know engage that part of your brain that wants novelty and you know try new things throw different solutions at a problem and somehow this group of people is is very similar in that sense we're all problem solvers and we like uh, you know we like looking at a problem in different angles and applying creativity to it so i i think you do a really good job of picking people for the group and that's what's really i mean you can come to this group for many reasons right you can come to this group with a short term project like a book or a let's say a habit that you want want to form that it's become really important you you know work on that for your personal life let's say you can come to this group you know use it as an opportunity to learn just a 10 week period where you consistently focus on learning introspection reflection and commit to you know building your toolkit um or you can just simply come into this group with uh, an intention to meet this mythical adhd rewired creature that has you know gone through experiences like yours and has somehow you know somehow understands everything that you seem to say to that person um it's it's really quite amazing it's exactly how steven describes i will never forget the first meeting um when i did the coaching group i came back and i told my husband i said i think i found my people and it was very exciting so yeah you had said that um you know you, you don't know how i i do it or these people sort of come together and and uh really become so closely connected um uh, so quickly and i mm-hmm. think it's this is based on a really a a primal human need and that's the feeling of the and that need of being understood and right. i think that's what happens from day one. you you realize that as you just said like these are my people you mm-hmm. know like um i i was i was editing our uh, cuz i was working on some other uh um these promos you know this past this last uh, group the challenge in creating these promos is like i have like an hour and 45 minutes of usable audio but i can't make a you know a 2 hour promo cuz um i don't right. think people would listen like i would like to listen to it uh, mm-hmm. it, ma- it makes me feel good um but you know in in one of the um uh I just completely lost my train of thought. We're going to keep that in though cuz I'm going to go somewhere else with this. Uh so just that 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 feeling of being understood where something like that where I just lose my train of thought in session <laughs> like that actually helps people feel like I there I there's been so many times where you know I'll ask the group a question, someone will be responding to it and then they'll realize like wait a minute, what what was the question that you actually asked? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I'll respond Is anybody else now cuz I don't remember either. <laughs> and just that that feeling of like that's okay. Guys, you have no idea how lo- how often that happens <laughs> in session where everybody has lo- lost their train of thought and we're you know we're like laughing about it. I mean someone said at the end of last the last coaching group that you know what was amazing was that whenever i asked what are we talking about or hey what's the you know how do i get into the meeting room you know when it's already been 10 weeks of doing this 
or what time is our meeting? Um, no one ever, you know, replied to me in a judgmental fashion or uh, made me feel bad about it. And, you know, this is a small thing. And if this is the treatment for just a simple thing like this, then think about, you know, think about how many things you can bring to this group. Um, and that's the, that's the power of it. You can bring a lot of your experiences that have not been accepted by other people to this community that, you know, there's a, there's a lot that other people uh, cannot carry for us because they've not been in our shoes. And uh, there's something different about having ADHD that um, only people with ADHD can understand. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, describe what what you do now in in the group because uh, this past group. Um, let me back up. So um, you guys heard a while back um, on episode. Let's see if I can quickly find that. It was with uh, um, Carrie and Aaron. It was on episode one twenty nine. It was the life changing power of the ADHD. Uh, coaching mm-hmm. and accountability group um, where we had Aaron and Carrie uh, on together because they were accountability partners and they were like the the superstar of a- accountability partners. And I, at the end of the group, I, I think I immediately said to you at the end of the la- that last session, said, uh, we, we need to meet. Um, so we met immediately after that, that, uh, that last session and said, next session, I want everybody to have that experience. And I, I I was really kind of, I think, intense about it. Um, like, well, we could do that. I'm like, no, I want that is, that's the goal I'm shooting for, for everybody in the group to have that kind of experience. Um, because the the thought that that they're having this amazing accountability experience and there were um, some people who, who weren't, um, that was not okay with me. Right. right? Um, as I think you pointed out to me at one point uh, um, that excellence is one of my core values. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think there is a fine line uh, between excellence and perfectionism. Um, yeah. I, so it's a line that I walk, um, you know, not always, I, I sometimes trip on it, um, but it, it is true. So, so excellence is one of my my core values. And so when I'm providing a service, I want people to have a beyond a wow experience. Like I want right. a life changing. I don't want you to just come away with learning a few things. Like I want something to truly shift inside of you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we did this time is, is really um, we did uh, some sort of accountability matchmaking um, and we had Nisha um, in the group. It, we, so we pair people up in um, using Facebook Messenger. Um, that's sort of where the, the between meeting conversations uh, happen between accountability partners. And uh, we, we placed Nisha um, in those, all of those conversations. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and, and um, how that was for you and what your sort of role uh, was uh, in that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so we we had this, Eric and I had this call where we looked at everyone's profiles and matched people. And um, what was really exciting was when people came back and went, oh my God, like you couldn't have done any better. You know, you matched me with the perfect person and um, those those were very exciting. There, there was but, only a little bit of overthinking it, but it wasn't too yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, sometimes, yeah, I, I think overthinking is is also a 
thought pattern that um, you know I have a problem with. But, so, but we did good. I I think we we uh, you know balanced that overthinking and uh, you know tried to come up with the best possible match. Um, and it, it was very interesting to see how people um, did better when they shared some of their problems with each other and or you know shared some of their goals with each other you could see how it propelled them not only to do them see sometimes it's not enough if you just tell another person that you're going to do something sometimes just that is not enough sometimes the problem's really big maybe you don't have the energy to take care of it or maybe emotionally the problem is a big big problem and uh, attacking it doesn't just involve doing something it involves you know taking care of the emotions around that task um, sometimes you know there are other pieces to it that need to be fixed before you can jump to that problem so everything that every goal that you bring to an accountability partner you have an opportunity to um, break it down in some sense and I feel like even if you even if you tell an accountability partner about your goals and you don't do it don't discount the fact that you're a lot closer to getting your goal done than you were if you just kept it in your head absolutely i've been uh, i've been using some accountability myself uh, in the, the the community in the the last week um we're mm -hmm. recording this on uh, december 8th uh, so this week i've been posting a bunch of different sort of accountability um, sort of productivity um, prompts uh, for right. people, um, and it's been really helping me uh, get get some of the stuff done that I that I need to get done. Um, yeah, it, I find it motivating. Yeah, definitely. And um, you know, initially I had this sort of very naive understanding of accountability where I thought that, um, oh, I'm just going to tell this person, and because I'm going to be obliged to them, um, I'm going to get it done, and. What was surprising to me is, sure, sometimes I didn't get it done, but just the response that instead of sitting with my inner dialogue that was likely to make me feel horrible about not doing the task, I could instead go talk to a person who had probably dealt with something similar in their life. Uh, you know, going through, going through life with ADHD, that we all have a powerful shared experience. And to be able to go tell my accountability partner, hey, I just couldn't get it done. I don't know what it was. And we talk it through and that person says, oh, maybe you should try this or that's fine. You know, you can, there's always a tomorrow. You can start fresh tomorrow or something like that. It, you know, there is a lot of value in getting that kind of a push from a person as opposed to sitting with my own thoughts and saying, great, one more day that I didn't get this done, you know, you suck, talking to myself like that. Um, we, I mean, I'm sure many people have this inner dialogue. I'm not alone in this. I know that. I've heard enough people talk about it. And um, so there's a lot of value in sharing your, um, you know, your ideas and your goals and plans for the future with people who, again, I should say, people who have earned the right to hear your story. So, so, you know, that's something that, that Brene Brown talks about with, with vulnerability is that, you know, share your story with those who have earned the right to, to hear it. 
I should probably just credit Brenny Brown before I start. I think every podcast should just be brought to, be brought to you by you know the unofficial uh, sponsor of Brenny Brown because she's just in my head all the time, right? right? Um, yeah. But what does that mean to you? To so how does someone earn uh, uh, the right to hear your story? Um, I think uh, you know earning the right to hear my story. I think that comes with. Um, having um first of all it's a you know it takes very what's amazing is that with most people that takes a really long time for you to know um you know what what it is that they've done to uh, earn the right to hear your story surprisingly with this group of people because i've gotten to know so many people in the rewired community over the past one year and i'm when i say gotten to know I don't mean just like talking on Facebook. I've had one-on-one -on -one Zoom conversations with so many people. Um, and we've, you know, we've had like nearly two, three hour conversations where we've talked about our lives and shared our stories with each other. But you didn't um, mention though, that was supposed to be a five minute call. <laughs> <laughs> not, really, not that you not, have I never done that before. <laughs> right, we've, we've done that plenty of times. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, what's amazing about uh, sharing your story with people who have ADHD is that they get it. They never, you'll never see people sort of, uh, they get some of that inner dialogue that you've been giving yourself. Mm -hmm. They get that it takes multiple tries to get something right. Um, they get the fact that just because you don't, uh, you didn't, uh, you know, get get to a place in time means that you're this sloppy person. Um, they know what it feels like to be judged by people who don't get it, right? So there's something about that that experience that they have had as well that makes them really great candidates for hearing your story. And I've not been disappointed so far at all from sharing my story with, you know, the individuals I've met um, in the past year. It's, uh, it's always very, very freeing when I do that, because on some level, it unlocks part of me that I was holding back, because I thought it was not worth sharing with the world. You know, what, what I, you know, I think about the, the listener who might be hearing this and sort of thinking, yeah, you know, that's, that's for other people. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's not what I'm looking for. And knowing, because I've experienced this, where there have been so many people who have come through the, the coaching groups where you can tell their guard was kind of up at, in the beginning. And mm -hmm. they really just wanted the, the productivity, you know, time management, planning uh, strategies. Yeah, and, which is okay too. Right. right. But then seeing that the guard come down and seeing that, that sharing the stories and having those experiences of, yep, this is what I said I was going to do on Monday. And I, it's now Friday, and I didn't do a single thing about it because I've just been in a, you know, this week has just been crazy, about whatever it is, right? And mm -hmm. being able to share that and then have this feeling of not only you're not being judged, but being supported. And, um, like, it frees up so much space. Yeah, like, and it gives you... From a productivity you, uh, standpoint. Yeah, it exactly. And this is what's amazing to me is that, you know, if, if you think that productivity is the end goal, let's say for a minute for 
you know, you come into this group with a with an idea that you need to get something done. You have no idea how much you're being held back by all this alternate nonsense that is not productive productivity. It's not related to it at all. And freeing that up in some sense, it just gives you permission to go ahead and get stuff done. Like take take out the preconceived notions, take out the fear that you're facing about this because you've, you know, you've looked at it objectively and done the research and understood exactly why that fear is coming up. Um, it gives you, it, it frees you up. I can definitely say that um, I have been a lot more productive after this group only because it's a continuous attempt to free myself of some of this extra baggage that I carry around um, of my past disappointments and failures and um, you know unfulfilled promises that I couldn't keep to myself. And we all have those. We mm-hmm. carry those around. Including and, myself. Uh, oh, of course. I mean, there's no one exempt from this feeling. Um, I think uh, on some level, we, we you know, Sari Solden talks about the moral diagnosis before the ADHD diagnosis. Um, in my case, I often felt like, you know, and I have been called lazy and selfish and mm-hmm. all those, Me you too. know, fun terms all the time, right? And, uh, you know, somewhere along the way, you start believing those things about yourself that you don't really care. You, you know, I don't care. I don't have, or I used to proudly tell people I don't have principles. I don't really agree with anything. What? Uh, because, yeah, because that's I can't freedom. imagine you, like, I can't imagine that coming out of your mouth. Right. Because, you know, at the time I used to think that that was like a free pass for mm. people to not expect anything from me. It was armor. Uh, it Yeah, it, it was an armor. It was definitely an armor. And, you know, the more armors that come off during the process, the more lighter you are to just get stuff done. So true. Um, so to give you an example, if I asked you to, let's say, um, you know, clean up your office, it could be a very arduous task, right? It's, you know, there could be a lot of baggage that comes with it, a lot of, you know, Terrible self-talk. My immediate thought was, oh man, I don't want to clean up my office right now, but I totally need right. to. <laughs> right. But if I, I, I don't know if you caught my, my eyes like darting around. I was like, uh, like it was it was immediate. It was an yeah. immediate response. Yeah. I was like, oh man. <laughs> but you know, if I if I give you the opportunity and I tell you this this person has been struggling with some problems and they would really love it if you could help them clean up their office. Or if I told you I'm having a really terrible day, Eric. I, I really, you know, can I get some help from you? Can you come and help me clean up my office? Tell me how much baggage would you have to do clean up your own office with, with respect to my office? None. Right. That's because you have no baggage with respect to my office. You know, my office can be complete, a complete, you know, in shambles mess. And you will still talk to me kindly like a friend and never let me feel uh, bad or shameful for mess- having messed up my office. But you don't it would talk feel to good to me because it'll, it'll see that at least I'm not the only one that the office looks like this. Right, right. But the the best part about this, so so the best part about some experience like this is to see what, you know, approaching a task without baggage can do. You can just get to it 
as opposed to fighting all that sitting with all that baggage and you know you I, i'm not telling i'm not saying that people shouldn't have preconceived notions of fear or uncertainty or you know like brendan calls it the wall the i'm not saying awful. that yeah. right i'm not saying that you shouldn't have a wall of awful i mean come on we have adhd it's very very rare that we don't have that um but what i'm saying is there's a lot of merit in working towards scaling that because what you get when you don't have that baggage is you can get to those tasks very quickly um and you can unleash your creativity on them as opposed to you know feeling and you know it's like it's like wearing another hat it's like I, if i choose to wear a hat of like feeling miserable about it then there's no action but you know let me take off that hat and put on my creative hat and the ideas come and the problem solving comes and we're finally making movement to a place of possibilities and it's exciting and we're going somewhere right so let me ask you this um what i want we've talked a lot about sort of the the emotional impact uh this this group really has on people um what i want to do is take a really quick break and when we come back let's talk productivity mhm okay all right we'll be right back ADHD Rewired listeners, we've got some great events coming up this month that I want you to know about. We have some webinars and I want you to join me for my brand new webinar, Productivity Solutions for the Time Blind. I'm going to be sharing with you a ton of brand new content and we're going to take a really deep dive into my latest thinking around time management, productivity, planning, processing, prioritizing and getting things done. You can join us December 19th at 12:00 30 p.m. Central Time. This is a 90-minute webinar and will follow 30 minutes of Q&A. You can register at erictivers.com/events. Got a question you want to ask? Join us for a productivity Q&A. You can ask us questions by video or by text chat. We're going to be doing this on Tuesday, December 13th at 12:30 p.m. and Wednesday, December 21st at 10:30 a.m. These are all central times and will each be 90 minutes. Then starting in 2017, you can join us on the second Tuesday of every month at 12:30 p.m. We'll be doing a live Q&A. So all the live events and information about them where you can register is at erictivers.com/events. That's erictivers.com/events. Don't wait to schedule your call for the upcoming coaching and accountability group. Registration will be here before you know it, but you can go and schedule your call today. Whatever your reason for joining, don't wait. Go to coachingrewired.com. The reason why I joined is because yes, definitely I had been listening to Eric's podcast for a while and seen the YouTube videos and I've seen you as a guest on a lot of things because I've been working really hard for the past year or so since I've been diagnosed. to try to learn as much as possible and to try to learn as much as i can to help manage time and productivity so i already knew that eric you were really really dedicated i had a feeling that that was going to be a really good thing and just having the accountability of other people and having a more personal experience rather than just like thousands of people or hundreds of people 
watching something and then just having all of our faces together feels like we're all together in this. So that's been great. Kind of noticed a peculiar thing too, that I feel like ever since we started the group, I just started feeling more confident. And I don't know <laughs> why that is, but maybe it's because I don't really have anyone else in my life that knows about my ADHD. And so you guys are the only ones. <laughs> and hearing you guys go through the same sort of things, that's been huge. So really gained a lot in that sense. And aside from just skills about productivity and time management, which I've also gained. Registration is December 19th through the 30th. Go to coachingrewired.com today, as in right now, and schedule your registration call. 10 weeks of group coaching, three days a week, starts January 16th. Now at three convenient times, 10.30 to 11.30 a.m., 12.30 to 1.30, and now 3 to 4 p.m. Go to coachingrewired.com to learn more and to schedule your registration call with me. Make 2017 your best year yet. Give yourself or someone you love the gift of coaching. Go to coachingrewired.com. All right, we are back with Nisha Subramanian. Great. It was good, huh? I, I've yeah. been practicing. <laughs> we, we, we attempted to actually do a, a record an episode two days ago, and we just had major audio issues. And uh, so we so sort of like the take two of that interview. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the, during that discussion, um, I had tripped out of the gate, as I often do with, with names. Um, and I was just sharing like how, like, like, yes, I'm bad with names, and I'm mostly okay with that. I wish I was better with names, um, but I feel I always just feel bad because you're, you know, besides just a, a a crucial part of my team, you're a good friend, and when I have a hard time saying your name, I just feel really bad. So, but thank you for not making me feel bad about it. Oh no, definitely not. Because <laughs> you know, it just rolls off the tongue. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk productivity. What are some of the, the things that you have learned personally uh, from since being in the group, both as a, a member and then also uh, in your role and uh, working together? Um, one of the things, I mean, this, like, it's been a year and uh, I've applied so many different strategies that like, you know, listing them, I can just keep going on, but uh, I'll get to like a few crucial ones uh, Many of them have been around my perception of time. Um, having clocks around the house, having timers around the house and religiously using them um, has made such a you know, difference to my day. And not just my day. What's funny is that you know, my husband often says, wow, th that clock in the bedroom, it really helps me. And I'm, I'm thinking I, sh I thought so much before buying that clock because I thought it was an unnecessary purchase. But it helps. It helps that in my direct eyesight, there's a clock and it, you know, uh, gives me the information that I need to be going to bed soon or I need to turn off the TV soon because I've been watching it for a really long time. I've got the time timer. I have a stopwatch. So I'm, you know, I have equipped myself with tools that really add value in that respect. Um, another thing that I've recently started getting a lot more mindful about is planning. And, uh, you know, when you used to talk about planning earlier, it was not something that really stuck. And 
when I say this, you know, I'm, I'm sure many people have experienced this. It's that you don't learn all the lessons on day one. You know, they come to you. They slowly come to you depending on the stage of life you're at. Um, and so planning was not something that I really needed for my life when um, I didn't have a job or, you know, I was at home uh, on a, I was essentially fun employed, um, like one of my friends. I love that, fun employed. Yeah, I was fun employed. Like one of my friends, one of my very close friends came up with that term. And um, I, you know, I never needed planning then. But uh, once I started working for you and there's so many, you know, meetings that we have and so many things that need to get done for events, you know, the behind the scenes that goes on to put out a podcast like this or webinars, there's so many aspects to it that, you know, you need to, you need to be uh, aware of what your most important things are every day or, uh, you know, how much time does it take for you to get to a doctor's appointment? I've started to think more on those lines and uh, what it does more than um, what it does for me is that it helps me also improvise when the day goes south. Yeah, talk about that because you've been talking a lot about that lately is about improvisation in your, yeah. in your day. Because um, a lot of people that I've, that when I'm talking to them about sort of productivity and, and planning and scheduling is that they have this fear of, but I like my spontaneity and I'm going to, you know, if I, if I schedule myself, it's going to feel so constricting. Um, but you've been talking about uh, how scheduling actually uh, is a tool that you use and you allow yourself to sort of have some to, to improvise within the context. So talk about that. Right. I think, uh, I, you know, um, what ends up happening a lot of the times is we want to do what we want to do. Right. right? Um, <laughs> and, so when we, we and when we want to do it. <laughs> right. So the question is, do you want to do what you want to do with this fear and trepidation that you're making a giant mistake? Or do you want to do what you want to do with the knowledge that it's okay to do that? Right. So like for one, you know, an example is I was going to dance class a couple of weeks ago and I didn't want to take the train. I wasn't in a mood to go into the train and make eye contact with strangers. It was just one of those days where I refused to do that. Um, and, you know, I just sat around and said, like, I'm not going to class. I'm not doing that. But it just so turns out that in my planning, I had planned and I had written down that I'm going to take, uh, the, it's going to take X number of minutes if I took the CTA. And it's going to take X number of minutes if I took a cab, an Uber. And just looking at that, I was like, wow, I get 20 more minutes if I take an Uber. I think 20 minutes is enough to get me in a decent frame of mind. And I don't need to, you know, meet any strangers. I just need to sit in an Uber and just get to dance class. And I did that. And I was very happy that I had taken that effort to plan it out that way. And it took so little time, actually. It's it takes absolutely no time to do that, but it just saves you that headache of having to decide on the in the absolute last minute and then be afraid of what ball you're dropping as a result of that decision that you've chosen to make. And part uh, of, and you were able to do that because you had timed out how long each transportation method took, right? Or was Yeah. And, you know, it's a matter of looking in Google Maps and seeing how much time it's going to take. And it took me absolutely no time. 
it was just one click of a button and I knew those two things and I just happened to add it to my travel time in the notes of my appointment. And I'm always very happy when I see myself do that because um, I tend to be very, I'm a, you know, like Gretchen Rubin says, there are different four types of people, right? The upholders, obligers, um, rebels, and the questioners. I am somewhat of a questioner rebel. So rules are not something, I followed rules my whole life. And so I'm at that phase in my life where I'm not very good with rules. And, uh, you know, I need a lot of data to be able to make decisions. And so this was one of those instances where I could see the data and I could make a decision that was comfortable with me and uh, also, you know, pushed me towards the greater good. Like I could have sat at home that day. I was in that frame of mind, but I chose to make a good decision because I had the data to be able to do that. So improvising has been one of the unexpected benefits of planning. You know, the day always doesn't stick to what you think it's going to. I mean, your meetings are likely to run longer. You're likely to take longer to wrap up a task. But to switch gears with complete knowledge of what else is on your plate and what else you're going to have to give up to do that task is a lot more preferred than to do it blindly. And I think that's where we tend to live our lives a lot of the time. Was there ever a, a time, Nisha, where you felt that you that you wouldn't ever know how to predict how long things took you? Oh, of course. I mean, I've, I've had a, uh, there was this time when my husband told me, um, okay, in 30 minutes, we're going to start packing. We were going to, going to a trip next day or something like that. And uh, so I was busy wasting my time doing something completely inconsequential to our trip, which is how I like to spend my time before we're <laughs> going on a trip. It's usually like, you know, I have to write my blog post at this instant. Or that you like, haven't looked at in like three months, but you got to right, do it today, right now. Right, exactly. Or I, I'll choose to walk around with like terrible looking toes the whole time. But right before a vacation, I have to get a pedicure. That's the time I have to go do it. You know, so something inconsequential. There was some, something like that happening. So my husband was like losing his patience with me. And he just said, you know, 30 minutes, you have to, you know, we have to start packing in 30 minutes. And. I said, okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. And then he just had decided to play a prank on me. And after like seven or eight minutes, he showed up and he said, all right, you're done. Let's go pack. And I followed him. I didn't even know it hadn't been 30 minutes. And that's when he started. He just looked at me like, oh my God, I just feel so bad that I like didn't understand or believe you all mm. these days. But you clearly don't have a good perception of time. And I'm like, I, I couldn't believe that that's, you know, he had managed to, that I didn't even think that it had, hadn't been 30 minutes. So that was where I'm coming from. I mean, uh, to think that today I have a much better idea of, I'm, I'm still, pro, you know, I'm still getting better and better at some of these things. And I'm timing few tasks at a time and getting a lot better at my uh, ability to plan and uh, forecast my day. It's getting a lot better. It's seen a lot of progress in that. Have you um, given any thought or put any time yet into thinking about your goals for 2017? Um, I certainly have. And I think um, what happens, you know, I've 
when we had our call two days ago, I told you that 2016 was a year of unbecoming for me. It was, it was a year where I shed many layers about myself that I had put on for, I don't know what, for effect. And it was a year that I moved closer to being the person who I, um, I am, right? Accepting pieces of me that were denied for years. And that comes with a little bit of, you know, it, it's not easy to do something like that. So over time, I've realized that every now and then you've got to go back to that bottom layer of the Maslow pyramid and take care of basic things in your life like sleep and exercise and food and, um, you know, self-care. And so I'm starting the year with self-care. And I think that's my most important uh, goal right now. Awesome. We're going to have a uh, coming up pretty soon, an episode, um, we're doing a Q and a, um, all about goal setting and, uh, which, you know, we're coming to the end of the year. Uh, so usually I, I typically will take an entire day, uh, to, to focus on, uh, you know, reviewing my, uh, my goals from, uh, 2016 and, and, um, you know, setting new goals for, for the next year. Um, mm -hmm. and, you know, I think that a, so many people, you know, it's almost cliche. It's like, what are your, what are your new year's resolutions? So you're really committed to doing this thing. And by January 6th, you've already are back in your own, uh, old ways. Right. Right. So having, you know, one of the, the beauties of a, a 10 week coaching program that meets three times a week, it's sort of hard to not develop habits in that period of time. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause it's, there's so much consistency in it. So, um, I'm going to be uh, sharing some of my personal goals and uh, mm -hmm. coming up uh, in the next few weeks on, on the podcast, and um, I'm going to be sharing them also with uh, with all the members of the uh, the first uh, coaching group of 2017, uh, all mm -hmm. three sections, um, and so I'll be sharing with with listeners and coaching group members um, what my goals are and and updating you guys on the progress, and uh, I would love for for you, if you were listening right now, thinking about, you know, how can I really turn things around? How I know what I want to be doing, but I've just been thinking and thinking and thinking, but I haven't really taken action on it. Um, mm -hmm. Please schedule a call with me. Go to coachingrewired.com. There's a blue button there that says uh, schedule a call um, or something like that. It's a blue button. I can tell you that. Um, and so it'll schedule a 20 minute call with me and, um, and you can ask me questions. I have questions I want to ask you. Um, and, you know, make this investment in yourself. I mean, it is an investment. Um, but one that, you know, so many of the people who have gone through this group says it's, you know, at, at first you might think that you might have some sticker shock if you've never invested in yourself like this. But once okay. you go through it, you're going to realize, like, how good of an investment it, it really is. Um, you know, and it's not just me who's saying that, yes, I'm the person who's, uh, you know, when, when you sign up for the group, those funds go into my bank account. So I'm, yes, I have a, I have a, a vested interest in you signing up for the group, but what is the most rewarding thing for me is, you know, the, the personal growth, the, the stories of transformation, uh, that, that I get to share with you, um, kind of like the one I'm going to share in just a moment. So. Nisha, uh, any final thoughts you want to leave listeners with? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I just want to say, you know, you can, the beauty of a group like this is that you can use it for anything that you want. So just, you know, if, if you're thinking about it and, you know, you're thinking, oh, it's too much or I'm not going to be able to do this or I've done this before and it's never worked out, just think of the possibilities of what you could do with a supportive environment. Um, whether it's making progress on a goal that's really, really crucial and critical to your life, or, you know, whether it's uh, just, you know, bringing a surge of positivity into your life by meeting other people who have your challenges, or if it's just an invitation to pause and reflect and like indulge in that, how, how many people do that for themselves? How many of us have actually spent 10 weeks committed to our personal growth, just observing our thought patterns and learning new strategies, tools, ideas, and just, you know, you know, building this toolkit that we're going to use in the future and, you know, try new tricks and say, oh, you know, this works, this doesn't work, uh, you know, just identifying those things. When do we do that? When did, I, I feel like the pause is the most important part and, uh, just giving yourself the permission to do that, you'll, you'll be so happy you did that. And I feel like, uh, you know, if you have the opportunity to gift yourself a pause the first quarter of 2017, do that. There's nothing better you can give yourself. Awesome. Thanks, Nisha. Um, and real quick, when I, uh, I'm going to be on um, uh, Jessica McCabe's uh, How to ADHD uh, YouTube channel, so check it out. And she, uh, we were talking about the coaching group, and she um, stayed, said something that was sort of off, off the cuff. And I had, it was, I had one of those like, goosebumps moments because I was thinking of a rebranding of the name of, our, of the group. She's like, well, it's kind of like a semester of ADHD school. And I was like, <laughs> yes, it is totally exactly. like a semester of ADHD school. So join us for the first semester of 2017. And I know that you are um, a little bit behind on the podcast. So I, want, mm -hmm. I know you haven't heard what I'm about to play uh, for listeners. So I'm going to leave uh, you and listeners with this. The ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group is truly changing people's lives. I want you to hear some of the newest voices the most recent graduates of the most recent coaching group. Our next group is just around the corner and I want you to hear what just a few people from the most recent group said during our last session of the fall coaching group. I uh, was feeling very overwhelmed with everything that I had to do, with getting organized, not being able to get things done. And I gained a lot of tools and strategies to help me with that. I feel like for the first time I have confidence that I will do that. I also feel like I have a group of people who I can count on to help hold me accountable. Uh, the great thing is that you helped us sort of dream big and plan big and do our mind mapping and look at sort of the next few years or year and what's important, what are our priorities. And then having the accountability partners build the habits of breaking things down into actual manageable to-do lists and then following up with that. It wouldn't just be one big thing, oh, make a website. It would be one tiny little thing, oh, do this one little action step, do this one little action step, and tiny action step by tiny action step. I've accomplished so many more things in this group than I thought that I would, so that was a huge benefit to me. 
when you hear someone else talking about their issues or their, where they're stuck or what's challenging them, it's so helpful to hear someone else who's not me saying that. It's like it gives me brand new insight and it helps me move forward. I hear that and learn. And it's not just head learning, it's heart learning, it's gut learning. One of the big takeaways from the group is realizing I'm not alone. Whether other examples match up perfectly to what I'm going through, I certainly see the similarities of just the need to have a different focal point, um, have a different you know way to, to find support. So I think that this group is great for productivity and it is so much more than that. I have a tendency to think that things are going to transform my life and fix everything, even though I intellectually know that that's not going to happen. And so this group did not fix everything, but it completely transformed me in ways that I did not expect and I'm incredibly grateful for. Go to coachingrewired.com to learn more and to schedule your registration call with me. Registration begins December 19th and ends December 30th. Group starts January 16th. Go to coachingrewired.com and prepare to get your ADHD rewired. This has been Eric Tivers, and I want to thank you for listening and congratulations for making it to the end. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. You can find summaries and additional resources for each episode, learn more about the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group, and more. It's all at ADHDrewired.com. Don't just be a passive listener. Be an active member of the community. Submit your request to join our free and growing community on Facebook. Watch for a message from me on Facebook because I screen everyone before they come in the group. Podcasts do change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Share it online or share it with a friend. If you're a member of Chad or any other ADHD support group, let people know about this show. And if you really loved this episode, please hit share on your podcast player. One of the biggest things you can do to support this podcast and help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher. If you can't figure out how to do it, message me on Facebook or through my website, and I'll be happy to walk you through it. Looking for more ways to listen and learn? Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at Audible by using my affiliate link at audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired. Not sure where to start? Start with Brene Brown's The Gift of Imperfections or her six-hour recorded workshop, The Power of Vulnerability. This is Eric Tivers reminding you that when you spend time to plan, you will save time that you could spend later. Until next time.